0: is there a desire in you to not just attend revival but live in revival welcome to the revival lifestyle podcast i'm your host isaiah seldivar i've been in revival for the last 10 years as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the united states i'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis
1: please help me welcome z z how you doing tonight bro I'm doing good, man. I'm super excited to be on here for the last podcast of the year. It's an honor and I'm super pumped. What better topic than losing the anointing? Come on, let's do it. Come on.
0: And you know what's amazing? I know, I remember when I had you on at the very beginning, I wanna say you were on like the second or the third episode and that was in January. And looking back from all the way then, we were hitting like 80 viewers. Like, yeah, we're hitting 90 viewers. To tonight, we're gonna be going over, already in the beginning, over 2000 viewers. God has been doing an incredible thing in our podcast with your ministry. If you guys don't know, and a lot of people don't know this Z, Z's actually my cousin, like not my cousin in the Lord. (laughs) Not my brother in the Lord. He's my actual first cousin. My mom and his mom are sisters. And so people were writing, oh, you're having Z the Rapper on. I can't wait, blah, blah, blah. Not realizing we're actually blood related. Me, uh, I got saved and then Z got saved several months after me at our revival. And we've been going hard ever since. Our grandfather, he's the one that led our family in the Lord. He's passed on. But I was thinking Z today, how amazing it would be. And how I, I just can't imagine Grandpa Rudy looking down from the balconies of heaven, seeing us both you <laughs> his grandsons that he prayed for that he believed for serving God to this level giving the devil black eye preaching the word of God and so I'm so excited to have you on Z as you can tell I'm fired up guys I really believe Z that this is a night where people are not only going to encounter the presence of God but people I know this sounds crazy are going to realize that they've lost the presence of God I know it sounds crazy to say but sometimes the best thing that could ever happen to you is for you listening to realize I've lost the fire of God in my life I believe tonight, Zane, many people that have lost the presence. Many people that have lost the anointing, many people that have lost the fire that God is going to restore the passion, He's going to restore the fire, He's going to restore the anointing in your life. This is the bottom line reality, and this is my story. Z could touch on this. The presence of God is everything. Tonight, guys, we are not preaching about some dead, stale, dull religion. We are preaching about the manifest presence of God. Now, there's a difference, Z. We know this, between people saying, well, God is everywhere and God's manifest presence. There's a different word in the Greek and a different word in the Hebrew. So we're not talking about, oh, God is everywhere. We are talking about having the manifest presence of God in your life. I want God's presence in my life. I refuse to live my life in some dead religious Christianity that America has fabricated when we have access to the presence of God. Now we know God is everywhere, but God's presence does not manifest everywhere. And one thing I found, and this is my story and Z's story, is you can be in church your entire life and never experience the presence of God. Never be Born of the Spirit, never have a born again encounter. I was 16 years in church living from Sunday to Sunday, but never experiencing God. And then I became, if you guys don't know, a self proclaimed, this was probably around 17 or 18 atheist. I said, Z, well, God isn't real. His presence isn't real. I've been in church my whole life. I've said the sinner's prayer a thousand times and I've never experienced him. I came to a church service after two years of not going to church. My sister begged me. And that that was when I had that born again experience. I had that encounter with almighty God and I encountered the presence of God. And you know, Z, my thing was I did not want, I do not want to lose the presence of God in my life. My greatest fear is losing the presence of God. This is a healthy fear, losing the anointing of God and a lot of times we present people with religion and we tell them leave everything for religion friend listen I know most pastors will not say this religion is not worth giving everything up for come on somebody religion is not worth abandoning everything for but God's presence God's Kingdom it's not even a question when you encounter I feel the Holy Spirit's fire tonight when you encounter the presence and the power of God it's not even a question of should I give up my drugs should i give up my drinking should i give up my pornography everything else that was once of incredible value to you is trash in comparison is there anyone in here that has encountered mm-hmm. the presence of god and z i want this in my life every single day matthew 13 says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that when a man finds it he hid it again and then with joy, the Bible says, Z, he sold everything he had to go by that field. The man is trespassing in somebody else's property, breaking the law, living in sin. This is where I was, Z. This is where you were, breaking the law when we encounter the presence of God. And here's what I love, Z. The Bible says, Matthew 13, the man with joy goes and sells everything he has. Think about this. We got rid of our drinking, our partying, our drugs, our music, our video games, our tea. We Come literally on. got rid of everything when we encountered God and everything. Everyone's going, why are you getting rid of everything? You're crazy, you're selling your house, you're breaking up with your girlfriend, you're breaking up with your boyfriend, you're getting rid of everything and selling it all. And the man's smiling, Z, getting rid of everything because he knows he found something, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit, that is worth giving everything up for. Religion is not worth giving everything up for. It is the presence and the power of God that is worth giving everything up for. And so le- I just want to let you guys know we're on here because we're hungry for the presence of God. The presence of God took us off drugs, took us out of alcohol, took us out Come of on. pornography, took us out of lust. It was the presence of God that rescued us. And this is not a light thing. This is not some dead, dry Sunday morning, sit in a pew, pray the sinner's prayer, invite Jesus to build a treehouse in your heart. This is the presence of God encountering broken, trespassing sinful people and then saying wait a minute i've lived my entire life a lie and i'm willing to lay everything down for his presence for his power for his anointing this is all about the fire and the presence of god come on somebody i believe god is moving like never before
1: come on man i remember man pulling up to the awakening 209 revival and i remember pulling into the parking lot and filling that Mm. oil filling that anointing Flowing from that house I remember feeling God's love Before I even walked out of the car I remember God already transforming my life That was the anointing This is why it's so important Everybody watching this That we cannot go into 2021 With dead religion We cannot go into 2021 without the oil If you have one prayer on your heart I suggest to you that it be this That in 2021 I go into the new year With a fresh anointing I go into the new year With a fresh word on my heart Some of you guys watching this have had the same word for months. You keep conjuring up the same word. And God wants to pour out a fresh anointing, a fresh oil upon your life, that wherever you go, there's an oil flowing from you, that the captives are being set free. Come on, somebody, that prophetic words are going forth. You're shifting atmospheres. Isaiah, this is why we need the anointing, because atmospheres need to be shifted. And I'm scared because in this generation, so many times the broken do come. They do come to our service. But you know what's lacking so many times is the anointing. Where are the men of God on their knees, broken before the Lord, asking the Lord, give me a word. God, give me a fresh oil on my life that when I speak, it wouldn't just be a message. It wouldn't just be a sermon, but it would be a manifestation. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not just of talk, but it's a power. It's a demonstration. It's utter literally moving in the manifest presence of God. I encourage everybody watching this right now, if you have lost it, if you're watching this and I feel like there's people already feeling conviction, you've lost it. You've, you've gotten so involved with just the things of life and busy and you've strayed away from the things of God. I encourage you to say, you know what coming into 2021, I'm getting off of the fence. I'm God. i God's calling people off of the fence in To the presence of God like never before. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this wave. You don't want to miss this move of God. I'm telling you, we need to cry out for a fresh move of God. It was the anointing that saved us, Isaiah. It was the anointing that saved us. It wasn't a man. It wasn't a sermon. It wasn't a talk. It wasn't a speech. It was the anointing. That's why we're here. That's why we're still alive. That's why we didn't overdose. Because the anointing, God used it to call us. It was the anointing that saved our parents, Isaiah, that saved my mom in Victory Outreach San Jose years ago, that saved your mom, that saved your family years ago, that saved our Uncle Ben, our Auntie Valerie, the anointing that God had placed on that church, Victory Outreach San Jose. God used that to touch them. And I came to tell somebody today, tonight that if we're going to be used to reach the world and make an impact, if we're going to be used to do something great for God, we're going to need the anointing. We're going to need the oil. Man, let me tell somebody this. Don't try to do it without the oil. It's funny, Isaiah, how we're so afraid of losing people. Come on, oh, man. Come but we're on. not afraid of losing the anointing. It's funny how we're so afraid of losing money sometimes in the church. We don't want to lose the people. We don't want to lose the attendance. But you know what? The number one thing we should be afraid of losing is the anointing. Man, Mm -hmm. I'd rather be in a room full of four people. I'd rather have a church service. Isaiah, you know what I'm talking about because we go to conferences sometimes and there's two thousand people and you don't feel no oil but you step into a house with four prayer warriors come on somebody you step into a house with four praying mamas four praying daddies and you begin to feel that anointing i'd rather be in a house with four people and feel the presence of god than surrounded with a bunch of people and there's no oil on it there's no presence in it man I, i i'm so pumped tonight isaiah because i feel like god wants to shift people into just hunger after the anointing coming into 2021 and you know z this is what the world is looking for we always in the church, especially in the church, we're
0: always trying to find a new gadget, a new performance, a new thing to bring people into the house of God. The Bible says how to bring them in. It says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That anointing is what breaks the yoke of bondage. Guys, I'm telling you, I've been for 10 years in mega churches and little churches and mini churches and home churches. And I'll tell you this, a light machine cannot break drug addiction off somebody. A fog machine cannot deliver somebody a screen a plasma screen or a led screen cannot heal cancer and the american church is giving the world religion but not the presence of god and this is why some of you and i'm just going to say it you're not going to bring people to your church you don't invite the unsaved because you know even if i bring the unsaved there's no presence of god there to break them free there's no presence of god them there to deliver them And the thing that you're searching for, everybody listening, and the thing that I'm searching, I search for my entire life, is the presence of God. You are not searching for religion. And that is why in Matthew it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he finds that one pearl with great value, he sells everything he had and bought it friend the man and you and everybody listening are searching for something when you find it you give everything up this is our story everybody is searching we are born searching we are born looking that's why you lay in bed at night some of you listening i know everyone in here is not a believer and you say there has to be more to life z i could remember day after day laying in bed oftentimes drunk looking up at the ceiling saying there has to be more to life now listen some of you listening are saying well i'm not an unbeliever i'm a christian You're still doing that because you're not having the presence of God in your life. You're having the presence of religion and church will never satisfy your void. Traditional religion will never satisfy you. If it did, Jesus would have never come and said, listen, it's time to abolish All of this religious mindset, all of this complacency, all of this compromise, all of this casualness, I'm the one you've been looking for. In John six, what did he say? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Bible says everybody left. Jesus looked at the 12 disciples and said, are you going to leave too? And they said, where would we go? you have the words of eternal life in other words here's what they were saying we've tried everything else we've tried the drinking the partying the drugs the this the that you're the only one that makes us feel alive friend the reason why we laid everything down is because we found what we've been looking for it's time for some of you to find what you've been looking for you were made to carry the presence of god i'm not talking religion again you were made to walk in the supernatural power and authority of god and the world is looking for that they're not looking for our performances they're not looking for our shows they're looking for the presence of god john's disciples came to jesus said john wants to know are you the one or we should search for another jesus said tell john what you've seen in other words stop searching I'm the one. The search is over. This is why I don't drink. People oftentimes say, why don't you drink? I don't understand it. Because the search is over. I could drink if I want, but I don't because the search is over. This is why I don't compromise. Not because I can't, but because the search is over. Everything I was looking for to find pleasure in, to find joy in, to find peace in, I now found in Christ, God's presence. And this is so key is the most important thing in my life there's nothing more my kids are not more important my wife is not more important my family my ministry nothing is more valuable nothing is more precious and nothing is more sacred than the presence of god and so here's what we have to talk about z i don't want to do anything in my life and i'm having a hard time not running around my office to violate or to lose the presence of god if you do not have this attitude what attitude the attitude that goes. I got to make sure I don't lose his presence. I got to make sure his hand doesn't lift off me. Here's the bottom line reality, guys. And you guys know I preach without notes. I can't do this without his presence. I've got up thousands of times on stages. And before I got up, cried out to God saying, Lord, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like a massive failure because... Here's the, here's the thing, and some of you don't know this. Isaiah Saldivar does not know how to preach. Isaiah Saldivar does not know how to communicate. Isaiah Saldivar does not know how to cast out demons. He doesn't know how to lay hands on the sick. I can do nothing apart from the presence of God. And see, if the presence of God leaves me, I have nothing. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. I will not preach. I will not take the mic. I will not go live. I'll not turn on my camera because I am nothing without the presence of God. This is the mentality and I feel it right now that God is looking for. He says, I'm looking for some broken, for some contrite, for those that won't stand tall before me but will get low on their face and say, Lord, I need your Mm. presence. I can't go on without his presence. Now, the moment you get to the place where you can go on without the presence of God is the moment you, Will go on without the presence of God. If you can live without his presence, here's the reality, friend. You will live without the presence of God. There has to be tonight, and we're preaching strong tonight. I know we're starting strong, but there has to be a desperation and a holy fear. Now, we have a lot of people that just preach a soft, commercialized, Elmo gospel. It's no big deal. God will never leave you nor forsake you, which is completely out of context. And you can kind of live however you want, like the devil, and do whatever you want. And there's no fear of the Lord. And those people live. Powerless, unfulfilled lives. This is why, Z, we have a lot of men of God falling right now. We have a lot of men that were preaching for years and years with 100,000 followers that are out sleeping with other people, that are out cheating on their wives, that are out drinking and partying because the fulfillment they were supposed to have in the presence of God, they now have to go find somewhere else. So don't say what's wrong with drinking. Say, why am I drinking? Don't say what's wrong with the movie. Say, why am I watching these? Why am I doing this? It's a lack of the presence of God it's so essential that we have the presence of God and that we live our lives careful that that dove that has landed on you doesn't come off of you come on that we don't grieve him that we don't you know do anything in our lives to lose the presence of god and you could talk about this z but i'm telling you from my life i've lived and i've talked to you about this in green rooms i've talked to you behind the scenes saying z i can't afford to lose this guys if i lost the presence of god you're going to see a status update saying i'm not going live i'm not preaching or teaching another moment until i do whatever it takes to get his presence back can you get the presence back absolutely some of you have lost it tonight you need to wrestle it's not going to be oh just pray a prayer there's a wrestling match when's the last time let me just go here for one more minute I'm gonna toss over to you Z when's the last time that you wrestled God when's the last time that you got God in prayer where you got into your prayer closet and you said Lord I'm wrestling I'm fighting I'm not getting out until you do something in my life until you bless me I've gone and this is okay to say too long without encountering your presence. And some of you, you need to remember, Tonight, tonight, a, a prophetic night. You need to remember. Remember when you had his presence. I remember getting home from that meeting, Z, breaking all my games, getting all my movies, getting all my TVs out, deleting 40,000 songs on my iTunes, and everyone's going, well, you're, you've gone mad. You're leaving your job. You're leaving your this. You're leaving. You're not gonna become a police officer, which was my dream. You're not gonna use your degree. You're breaking up with a girl you're with for four years that you plan to marry. What in the world is wrong with you? Because they don't know I'm doing it with joy. I was happy to break up with her. I was happy to get rid of I wasn't breaking my games in my movies and all my music and going oh I'm so sad I have to get rid of it I'm joyful I'm excited to get rid of these things because what God was doing in my life I said Lord I don't want this to change I don't want this to lift off of me and I can honestly say 10 years later I'm more passionate hungry and desperate for God right now than I've ever been in my entire life this is from a life of sacrifice a life of giving up am I perfect no I'm constantly saying Lord what is there in my life that offends you that violates you and that i need to get rid of so this is a constant thing z of just having that presence of our in our life
1: and being dependent on the presence of god Everything is interchangeable. I was praying about this, Isaiah, and I'm like, man, in ministry, we can interchange a lot of different things. We can interchange the way that we reach people. Just like this year, God has moved you into a ministry of internet and millions of people have been impacted it. It's interchangeable. The one thing that God was showing me when I was in prayer yesterday, God said, the one thing that you should never interchange, son, is the anointing. God showed me the one thing that you should never substitute is prayer. The one thing that you're never gonna substitute for is the word of God. And I'm afraid sometimes we've gotten more caught up in the platform than we've gotten caught up in the altar. I tell people all the time, man, build an altar. Don't build a platform, build an altar. Don't build a platform because when you build a platform, you're building something so you can stand on that platform. So so you can get a following, so you can get likes comments, especially in this generation. That's what everybody's driven by. But when you build an altar, you get on your knees and you say, God, I'm putting your presence first. I'm lifting up your name. The rest will come. I don't got to worry about the likes, the comments, the followers. I'm going to build an altar before I build a platform. Listen to me, men and women of God that are watching this throughout this year, you might have interchanged the anointing and you substitute it for lights. You substituted it for methods. You substituted it for strategies. You substituted it for all these different ideas. Listen, try getting back to prayer. Try getting back to the Prayer closet, try getting back to the anointing and watch what God does with the beauty of simplicity of coming back to Him and saying, God, coming into 2021, I'm not going to interchange the anointing, I'm going to build an altar before you. I'm not going to sit here and worry about building my platform, but I'm going to build an altar before you. It's coming back to this place of submission, it's coming back to this place where we say, God, I'm going after your presence, and as you seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these things shall be added unto you. Come on, somebody. This is what we're talking about tonight. Losing the anointing. Losing the anointing. Who lost the anointing? Saul lost the anointing. Why did Saul lose the anointing? He changed the word of God. God gave him a word. God told him to go kill all the Amlekites. And immediately after he begins to change the word of God. And if you watch the men of God that fell this year, if you watch people that that end up straying away, one of the reasons, the quickest way you can begin to be drained of the anointing is begin to change this word. Come on, Don't preach this full word. Don't believe this full word. Believe the grace and the mercy part. Believe this part, but don't believe the judgment part. Don't believe the holiness and the righteousness part. You begin to change this word to fit your narrative that is one of the quickest ways that the anointing will be drained from your life. That is what Saul did. He had a direct order from God to wipe everything out, to kill all the Amalekites, and then slowly but surely the word began to change. And that's what happens in this generation, Isaiah. How many, mm. how many places are not preaching the un- unadulterated that's word right. of God? How many places can you walk in? Let me say this: how many, how many churches is, uh, is sin comfortable in? How many churches Amen. accept you just the way you are? Come come, gay, come homosexuality, and you can you can just call yourself a follower of Christ. That's called changing the word of God. That's why the anointing begins to get drained because there's no truth. You're not standing on the firm foundation. And that's exactly what Saul did in the story when he lost the kingdom. He lost the anointing. He began to change the word of God. It's so good, Z. We're going to get into that even deeper
0: as we go on here and talk some of these uh, components that went into men of God losing the anointing. Now, I know there's people out there watching. They have no fear of God or losing the anointing because they don't think it's biblical to lose the anointing. They don't believe it's biblical to lose the presence of God. But we see this over and over again in scripture. In fact, in Psalms 51 11, David said this. Now, this is David's prayer to God, his personal time. and He says, Lord, don't banish me or kick me out from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. This was right after Z, David sinned with Bathsheba, committed adultery and murder. And now he's crying out to God saying, Lord, don't cast me out from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit anointing from me. This is a cry that we need to have. Listen, there's many of us that are okay in our sin. There's many of us where our sin no longer hurts us and it doesn't wound us there's no conviction and we think god is okay with it and rather than saying am i grieving the holy spirit don't take your holy spirit from me we find a verse in the bible like i'll never leave you nor forsake you we take it out of context and now we say god is okay with my compromised lifestyle and his presence dwelling together god's presence will not dwell with compromised people for extended period of time now god is so gracious z that he'll allow us to be in compromise and in sin for a season and give us what i call a window to repent here's what happens god's still blessing us god's still anointing us god's presence is still with us and then in the background Pastors are sleeping with other people's wives. They're cheating. They're watching porn. They're drinking. They're doing drugs. They have all these addictions. And then here's what happens. They get up to preach and the anointing is still there. The presence of God is still there. And so they think that because God is still moving in their ministry, God is validating it when really, man, this is bringing fear even on me. They don't realize they're living in the window of time that God has given them to repent. That's why the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The kindness is we're not deep fried right now that all of us every Come one on. of us Z and me included should have been disqualified a thousand times before a holy righteous God and God keeps extending the olive branch to us. God keeps extending mercy to us and we're going to go on in, in a little bit here on the story of Saul and even Saul had a chance to repent. You know, the Bible says this even Jezebel had a window to repent god even extended mercy and grace to jezebel in revelation and she was not willing to turn she was not willing to repent guys this is a hard message tonight a message most people will not preach but this is an extension of the olive branch saying tonight you have an opportunity to say lord i have lost your presence there was a time in my life isaiah there was a time in my life z where i had the presence of god and you know you know you've lost it. You know what it was like to have this obsession with God's anointing and presence. And you know now there's a deadness about you. There's a dryness about you. There's a loss of passion. You're not doing it any longer for the right reasons. And you can still be preaching and still be live streaming and still be doing your worship leading, still be doing your music and still be giving your homeless outreach and doing all your things. But you know, deep down inside, when you lay out on your pillow, you have lost relationship and you have fallen out of love with the king of kings and the lord of lords i i read this z and i go lord don't let this be my story don't let this if you think you're exempt tonight from losing god's anointing or presence i don't care what your position is i don't care how many followers you have then you've already gone astray David knew Saul had lost the anointing already. Remember, Saul had already lost the anointing. And David's praying, saying, Lord, don't let the same thing that happened to Saul happen to me. We've seen many ministers this year. Okay, we don't go to names because I don't do that on the stream. I don't give out people's names. But you can just Google them up that have fallen into sexual sin. And then many other that fell the year before. And then I look at that Z and you know what I don't say? I don't say, oh man, that's never going to happen to me. Oh, oh, that's, you know, I, I would have never done that. I would have never gone there. Now I could look at it in the flesh and say, of course, I would have never done what a lot of these guys did in the positions they put themselves in. But guess what? Those guys, Z, were looking at the guys before them saying, I would never have done that. Whoa, the Bible says the mighty have fallen. And David wow. didn't say, oh, I would never do what Saul did. David finds himself saying, Lord, don't do and take from me. Humbled himself, wasn't arrogant, wasn't Proud, humbled himself and said, "Lord, keep me humble, keep me contrite, keep me broken, keep me on guard, keep me sober. The devil is prowling, looking for someone to devour." And so many times, people talk about Z, getting the presence of God. How do you get the presence of God? How do you grow in the presence of God? But no one's willing to address the hard issue of people that have lost it. Now, have I seen people lose the anointing? Absolutely. The saddest thing you will ever see in your life is to watch a man of God who one time walked in the power and the anointing of God and then see the hand of God come off of him, see the hand of God move off his life, and then he continues as business as usual. I've seen this over and over. Somebody that was anointed, someone that had the fire, and then all of a sudden one day they get up to preach, there's no fire there's no oil. Now, how do you, some of you say, well, how do you know if you have the oil or the fire? Here's one of the best ways Bishop Ann Jim has told me. She said, when you have the anointing, people aren't looking at their watch in, in after five minutes. When you listen to somebody without the anointing, it's the longest sermon. It's like, when is he going to be done talking? And it's like, it's like fingers on a chalkboard. He might be preaching good. His content might be good, his pronunciation and his communication skills. But if there's no oil, there's no power to back up what we're saying. If there's no presence, there's no power to back up what we're saying we're, we're able to preach with power like this because we're backed by the presence and the anointing of god and so this is essential that we have the oil that we have the anointing and that we're humbling ourselves saying lord don't take your holy spirit from me i say this all the time z lord don't take your anointing don't lift your hand off me i've lost track z, of how many times some of you might say well why would you pray that if you're not in sin because i know that i'm not exempt. I'm not exempt from falling, I'm not exempt, and woe the mighty have fallen, and the Bible says pride comes before your fall. So the moment you're proud saying, this is not my message tonight, this sermon is not for me, you're already getting ready, you're already positioning yourself to fall flat on your face. We need as ministers, Z, we need humility back. Let's make humility great again in preachers, in rappers, in influencers, in business leaders, in school teachers, in politicians, where now we're humbling ourselves. We're humble saying, Lord, I don't ever want to be exempt. I said it last night on my stream, Z. If I need deliverance, I am not afraid to call someone up and come cast some demons out of me. I am not afraid to say, Lord, I need to get delivered from this. And because you cannot get delivered and be proud at the same time, you cannot get God's presence because God refuses to dwell with, those that are pride we need humility back in the body of Christ more than ever Z
1: come on you know what one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible to me is when Jonathan's talking about his dad Saul, and he's telling David Mm. he tells David I pray that the spirit of God be with you as it was once with my father Let me just say this to parents watching this. Your children can see when that fire is dwindling. Your children can see when that oil is starting to dim. Your children can see when that light is starting to go out. I came to prophesy over somebody and say, you better gird up your loins. You better start to get that fire blazing again because you have a generation to fight for. You have children that are watching. You have children that are depending on you to keep that flame a fan come on somebody the the fire the Holy Spirit man I was thinking about the anointing Isaiah how we can compare it to fire and man. how fire needs oxygen and how when we're in prayer the Spirit of God begins to breathe fresh life on us this is why we must stay in prayer if you watch that famous message by David Wilkerton when he's talking about losing the anointing he doesn't even say he fell into sin he says that he lost the anointing because he had gotten on, too Z. busy so some of good. you guys watching this right now you guys have felt the anointing leave you. You've strayed away, not because you fell into sin, but you've gotten too busy. You've gotten too busy for the presence of God. You've gotten too busy for prayer. You've gotten too busy for the word of God. You know what that's called? That's called getting good at ministry. It's called getting good at the kingdom of God. Isaiah, I don't ever want to get good at the kingdom of God. I want to be that same 16 year old that found myself on castle road, praying until three in the morning, with a bunch of other young, crazy kids, as we were just lifting our hands, because what, we found was better than anything else in this life it was better than anything else in this world somebody watching this i think everybody
0: in this i think your internet's cutting out z but we're gonna get you reconnected here can you hear me z i think you just froze hold on guys the devil is a liar Okay. Z, are you there? Okay, you're back. Sorry, your internet disconnected. Yes, Go for it. Sorry about that.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have we have to continue to fan the flame, man. We have to continue to fan the flame. I like how you said Isaiah, pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. That that's honestly one of the quickest ways to lose the anointing is begin to think that what God is doing in your ministry is because Come of on. you. You begin to build a monument unto yourself. Right, you remember uh, Saul when 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 Saul was supposed to kill King Agag instead. That he kept him alive. In that day, what that meant is you showboated. What you were doing is you were showing everybody, look, I captured the king. God wanted Saul to kill him, but Saul wanted glory. He wanted to walk around with King Agag and show other people, look, look how great of a king I am. And so many times God starts giving us victories and we start taking victories personal. This is a quick way to lose the anointing. Start taking the wow. victories that God has given you personal. Start thinking that it's because of you. You you start, start thinking that it's because of your talent and your gifting. You must forgot when I, I say this to myself sometimes I I used to be a little kid on the streets of San Jose California drug addicted lost and bound so when blessings start coming in the ministry and victory start coming my way it's all glory to God I didn't do nothing to deserve it I didn't do nothing to earn it so the one of the quickest ways you can you can let that anointing slowly leak out of your life is when you begin to build monuments unto yourself you let pride creep in and you begin to walk around with King Agag and show people look this this is about me. This is my show. This is why I love what you said, Isaiah, when you said, if my name be lifted up, there's Come no on. room. Let me just say that there's no room in the anointing to have the anointing and pride at the same time. Come on, somebody. I pray before I preach, Isaiah. And every time I pray, I say, God, let my words flow through a filter, a Holy Spirit filter. And if there's anything in my words that are not of you, if there's anything of up mr god it has to be all about you so pride man listen everybody pride is one of the quickest ways we can let the anointing just drain out of our lives so good i think z i don't know if you want to text anyone
0: in the house or get to get off the wi-fi because for some reason your connection you keep cutting in and out but we're going to make sure that we get it smooth here guys and this is one thing z as you're talking about i was thinking about many people quench the spirit or grieve the holy spirit because they don't understand and this is something that's not talked about not taught not thought about in the church that the holy spirit is a person the holy spirit is not an it he has a will and a personality and just like you can offend a person you can offend the holy spirit why don't you preach that in your church pastor offending the Holy Spirit how many times and how often do we offend the Holy Spirit and we live our lives as if our life is in compliance with what God is saying and what God is doing when really we've only brought offense to his name now David understood this when he cried out do not take your Holy Spirit from me because he realized that he was living unholy and the Holy Spirit is holy he has a personality and if there's anyone in the world see I was thinking about that I don't want to offend it's the Holy Spirit I don't mind offending you I don't mind offending the person in the chat i don't mind offending this person or that person but i don't want to offend the holy spirit now the bible in the new testament i know we're gonna we're gonna even touch again on saul here but in the new testament there's two ways that the bible speaks about offending the holy spirit that's grieving the spirit and the Bible also speaks Z about quenching the Holy Spirit first Thessalonians 519 it says don't quench the Spirit and do not despise prophecy so one of the ways that we quench the Spirit is not letting him work in the light in the corporate church not letting him move in the body of Christ not allowing miracles to happen now some of you right now are listening to this and you're saying well now I understand why the presence of God is not moving in my church okay not allowing deliverances to happen not allowing him to work in marriages not allowing him to work in children not allowing Allowing him to have space to move at the altars is quenching according to the word of God. First Thessalonians 519 is how you quench the Holy Spirit. Quenching is when you stop him from moving in corporate gatherings. This is where we're at in 2020 in the American church, we want revival. We want a move of God. I've been to some mega churches, as I said, and I've been to some mini churches. And here's what's amazing. Z, when we go into churches and preach, we've been to some of the same ones where they've done this. And they say, we want revival. We want the move of God. We want God's presence. We want miracle signs and wonders. And then they give you the schedule for the service. And it's three minutes offering, or I'm sorry, let me say it again, three minutes of worship, five minutes of offering, three minute message one minute altar call service is over i remember i went to one place see they had worship for 13 minutes they had the preaching for 22 minutes 22 not 23 not 21 22 minutes on the schedule and nino is with me he's watching the chat 22 minutes of preaching five minutes for the altar call and they had to make sure everybody gets out because you know we have to get everyone in the parking lot has to get out and then they go isaiah we want revival i flew across the country to preach we want to move of God. And I asked the pastor, where do you want God to move? Do you want it between the three-minute offering, the 12-minute worship, or the 22-minute word? Because a lot of times in our life, we have our whole life plan, Z. This is not just for quenching the corporate gathering. And then we want to add God as this, if see some fry on the side, some accessory, some purse, and, you know, a little mascot Jesus, just kind of come add to my life, be a part of what I'm doing instead of... Finding that pearl of great price and saying, I'm getting rid of every one of my plans, every one of my agendas. I'm not quenching you. So pastors, listen, there's 2,600 people watching right now. Many of you are pastors. Many of you are leaders. You guys write me all the time. I know you're in here. When you don't let people prophesy, listen to me closely when you don't let people lay hands on people, when you don't let deliverances happen, when you don't let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do, you quench him and then his presence lifts off of you. Why is God not moving in my church? Why would he need to move? You don't pray for people. You don't lay hands on people. You don't cast out demons. You don't have an altar call, an altar time, or any of that. The most spiritual you get, Pastor, is getting people to come to an altar for a minute and a half, repeat after a prayer after you fill out a card, they get a mug, and then they never come back. And if they do, they come back the next year, and they fill out the same card, and get the same mug that you gave them last year. And there's no filling of the Holy Spirit. There's no power of God. There's no conversion. There's these counterfeit, which I have a video next week about this. There's these counterfeit conversions. In the church, because we're lacking that presence of God and we're quenching the Holy Spirit. And let me just say this I believe this is biblical. The Holy Spirit is not in most churches. Go read Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone would let me back in. This was six out of seven churches. Jesus says I'm outside the door of the church and you guys are so busy with all of your productions and all of your accolades and as you said your agags your trophies that I'm not even moving in my church and if God's not moving then what in the world are we doing gathering if God's presence is not moving why are we even meeting to give 10% so the pastor has a salary I'm not interested in being in a place being in a church or in a building or a gathering or a live stream where the presence of God is not moving, if I see if I wasn't getting testimonies of people getting delivered and healed during this live stream and God moving and people getting full of the Holy Ghost on our calls and our things, I wouldn't be doing this because I'm not interested in being another voice, another echo in a sea of dead preachers. I want to see people get revived, the power of God break into homes break into marriages break into families i'm not interested in dead religion we need to stop quenching the holy spirit maybe you need to ask yourself What am I doing as a pastor to quench the spirit? What am I doing as a rapper? Come on somebody to quench the spirit. What am I doing in my meetings that I'm quenching the Holy ghost to where he's not showing up? Now, if he's not showing up, don't act like he's showing up if he's not. There's a worse thing you can do is just to pretend (laughs) he's there. That's a whole nother message. But I'm telling you guys, you need to recognize the presence of God is not moving in my ministry, And usually it's because you're not praying or having prayer meetings and God's attracted to prayer meetings, not planning meetings, not strategy meetings, not air conditioned, but prayer condition. He's not interested in board meetings. He's interested in, are you having prayer meetings? Are you getting on your face, crying out before me and saying, Lord, I need you to move or I don't want to have church. I'm not interested in playing religion. We really need this again, Z. A move of God back in the American church.
1: And if we continue, Isaiah, to continue to deny the voice, continue to resist and grieve the Holy Spirit, the the craziest part, as as I thought about the end of the story when Saul loses the kingdom, the craziest part is it says, and Samuel went no more to see Saul until Mm. the day of his death. Samuel represents the voice of God in this story. I feel the Holy Spirit on this the voice of God was now void in Saul's life. He rejected, he resisted, he disobeyed. And it literally says, and Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death, man. I don't ever want to resist God. I don't ever want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want the voice of God absent in my life, man. That was the day Saul. That was the day that Saul voided the voice of God, that prophetic word that was coming to him. When Samuel would come and help him, Samuel would come and guide him. I need that in our ministry. I need that for my children. I need that for my marriage. I need that voice. I need that Samuel in my life to continue to visit me. And I don't want to resist and grieve until until that's said. Like that. Come on, somebody. So good. I was I was
0: reading today, uh, Z Ephesians four twenty nine, where he talks about, and this is interesting because Paul's talking to the church, New Testament, about grieving the spirit, about quenching the spirit, and he says, "Don't use." This is so crazy. Foul or abusive language let everything you say be good and helpful and so that your words will bring encouragement to those that hear them here's what he says and do not grieve oh this is so good god's holy spirit by the way you live so this is a key in ephesians 4 29 some of you need to write this down he literally tells us how to grieve the holy spirit he says don't grieve them by the way that you live so we know new testament the way to lose the presence of god to lose the anointing is by the way that you live this is often overlooked as believers and then he says this and this is the key z to not in the holy spirit get rid of all bitterness rage mm. anger okay we're gonna have some manifestations here in the chat some demons are gonna start manifesting <laughs> harsh words and slander and as well other types of malicious behavior instead be kind to each other be tender-hearted forgive one another just as christ has forgiven you so he says this is how you grieve the holy spirit in the new testament is by the way that you live we do these things by our actions and what's amazing is the first thing he says is using foul or abusive language foul means rotten it means profanity it means dirty jokes there's many of you in the chat you have no problem listening talking telling dirty jokes and profanity now if i told you z That dirty language is causing the presence of God to lift off you. You would laugh at me. You'd say, Isaiah, you're crazy. It's not that simple. It cannot be that. It must be cheating on my wife. No, because Ephesians 4, he says... Foul or abusive language is connected. I'm helping myself tonight to grieving the Holy spirit. Now, the, when you talk about abusive language, this is when you're uh, cutting somebody down, when you're being negative about somebody, when you're talking bad about somebody, these are abusive language. And a lot of us as believers abuse other people with our words in turn. Remember the Holy spirit is a person, not an it. Jesus did not say it will come. He said he will come because we can't think of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's just this mystical spirit that follows me. No, it's a person living in you, living with you, living on you. That is, you have to maintain. You don't just get the Holy Spirit and then say, I'm just going to ignore you and expect the Holy Spirit to stay with you. The Bible says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. And that wow. God will turn people over Romans one to their own sin. So he says foul or abusive language. Now for some of you, it might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to the Holy spirit. And I want to get real practical tonight because this is what a lot of this comes down to Z. It's not a big deal. I didn't kill Agag, says Saul. It's not a big deal. I didn't break wow. up with a girlfriend. It's not a big deal. I still watch this movie. It's not a big deal that I still do this. It's not a big deal that I still talk like this. It's not a big deal. And this is why, because it's just one thing. It's not a big deal it's just one thing and Sa- and samuel says well saul it's that one thing that you didn't kill that is now getting now that is now causing god to remove his hand off of you to remove wow. his presence from you to lift his protection and guys here's what you don't understand along with having the holy spirit in the presence and the anointing of god comes a thousand other benefits like the protection of god come on like the peace of god like the joy of god like how about this one not dealing with anxiety every day come on not having stress all the time here's a good one for you not being bitter all the time this is the presence of the holy spirit in our lives and for you it might not be a big deal but it is a big deal for god that's why When you hear somebody talk dirty when you hear somebody cut someone down there should be that cringe inside of you have you ever heard somebody say something and you you feel that cringe you know what that cringe is that's not you that's the holy spirit inside of you i'm helping somebody tonight if i'm not helping you i'm helping me that's that cringe on the inside of you that's the holy spirit in you being grieved when they're listening to that person. Say that second thing he says is bitterness. This is just being flat out mad all the time, being unhappy all the time, constantly being in conflict with other people, constantly wanting to fight. You ever know somebody like this? Come on, wanting to fight everybody, wanting to argue, no matter what it is, you, everyone's going left. You have to go right. This is being a (laughs) bitter person. Bitterness means you refuse to reconcile. You never say, sorry, come on. You never apologize to anybody. This is, this is Paul. I'm helping you saying, this is how you grieve the spirit. The spirit of God cannot strive with angry, bitter people all the time. And I want to prophesy over the chat that God is breaking bitterness off of you. I know that 35 years ago, she talked bad about you. She made fun of you. She said this or that, but let it go. It's not worth being bitter. It's not worth grieving. Remember quenching is corporate, grieving is personal. He is a God of forgiveness and will only strive with people that forgive. Let me give you one last thing that Paul gives us with grieving the Holy Spirit, rage and in anger slandering people speaking evil behind their back I'm describing most of the people in the church right now malicious behavior Isaiah what's malicious behavior it's plotting evil against people I wish she would lose her job I wish so-and-so I you just wait to see what happens to his ministry oh you just wait to see they did me wrong oh I just want God's gonna pay them back and do this to them and you're plotting you're planning how could I do this how could I ruin this how could I not forgive how could I be bitter towards him how could I get in the way of their marriage how could I get in the way of their kids and you're causing strife in other people's life and you're. Grieving grieving the Holy Spirit, because you're angry all the time. I have a, a new year strategy for some of you. Stop being so mad. Tell your face to smile and say, God has given me his power and his spirit. I don't have to walk around with no purpose. I don't have to walk around anxious all the time because in these things, Ephesians four I'm grieving the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to get to a place where he says, listen, I've been walking with you long enough. I've been striving with you long enough, but it's time for my hand to come off of you. It's time for my spirit to come off of you. And let me tell you, the and I'll turn it over to you Z, the only thing Causing you to have peace right now the reason why your marriage isn't broken at the seams The reason why there's not all-out chaos in your kids and your family with your car breaking down everything is because the Holy Spirit is the glue That holds everything together but watch I've seen it Z over and over the hand of God comes off a person Because he says enough is enough the Holy Spirit comes off of a person and all hell breaks out in their life all hell breaks out everything that they try to do doesn't work every job that they get fails, their marriage starts falling apart, their kids start rebelling because the hand of God, you didn't give them credit for it, was the very thing, the Spirit of God that was holding everything together. And when you remove that Spirit, you remove the divine protection, you lose the benefits. And some of you are afraid that when you turn 25, you're gonna lose health benefits from your parents. But how about losing the benefits of the Holy Spirit? I'm not worried about losing health benefits. I'm worried about losing the Holy Spirit's benefits. Forget about the stimulus check. What about the benefits that we have as believers in the Holy Spirit? The benefits of healing, of peace, of joy, Uh of deliverance. God wants us by the way we live to stop grieving his spirit. And I believe tonight God's convicting some people. What you watch, what you listen to, when you listen to music, would the Holy Spirit want to listen to this? See, you don't think this, guys. Come on, I'm reading the chat. This is not how we live, Z. Why? Because our Jesus is a little Jesus on Sunday morning, and the moment you leave church, you can live however you want. But what about the God in the Bible that says, I'm living in you, and I don't want to listen to that. What about the next time you watch that dirty movie and you say, Would the Holy Spirit want to watch this? Because the Holy Spirit's looking through my eyes. Would the Holy Spirit want to listen to this? And then Paul says, and you're grieving him by the way you live. And this is not judgment or condemnation. This is the mercy of God. When Samuel came to Saul, giving him a chance to repent, and he kept blaming other people, this was God's mercy towards Saul, to get things together and to act right and to live right and tonight god is extending mercy to all of us and saying hey guys i'm telling you it's time to get back to holiness tonight everything could change this might be Z, the most important podcast we've ever done because this is the message that the american church needs people need because we don't live like this we don't think like this and i know this because mega pastors that are pre- preaching 100 hundred thousand people are going and sleeping with other people's wives. And if that's how pastors are living, how are believers living? Guys, we need a wake-up call in the church. We need a wake-up call in our lives. We need to stop playing with Delilah. Stop playing with the snake. Stop playing with the fire. And start getting in the place of prayer and holiness and saying, Lord, consecrate my life tonight. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is your eternity tonight at stake.
1: Man, come on now. I felt like when I was praying before we got on here, Isaiah, I felt like there were so many people that are on the fence right now. There are so many people on the fence going into 2021. You're you're on the fence. You've been playing the fence all year. And I felt like coming into this new year, you're going to have to get off of the fence. You're going to have to get off of the border. You're going to have to stop playing games with God. Make a decision. Choose whom today, who you will serve. You, you said Samson, Isaiah, Samson fell in love with Delilah wow. where in the valley of Sorek the valley of Sorek is smack dab in the middle of the Israelite camp and the Philistine camp if you know Samson's calling wow. his calling was to bring deliverance from the Philistines he had no business going near the Philistine camp and falling in love with her but he found himself literally it's the borderline Isaiah Say and it. so many people watching this tonight you've been on the borderline you're halfway in the things of God halfway sleeping with your girlfriend halfway in the Say things of God, halfway getting drunk on the weekends, halfway in the things of God, halfway still practicing your witchcraft, you're halfway in and halfway out, that's where Samson fell, found himself falling in love with Delilah, right on the border of the Israelite camp and the Philistine camp and that's where he fell in love with her and that's where he fell into her trick and what's the first thing that they took when they captured him, Isaiah? They took his vision and, and you know this Isaiah, when, we, when people are halfway in and people are halfway out, they have have no vision. They have no vision. They begin to live with no vision for ministry. They begin to live with no vision, no dream. Some of you guys watching this, you had a dream before. You had a vision. You had a ministry that God birthed in your heart. You knew you were called to do something. You might've already been leading your ministry. You were going, you were in it. And all of a sudden you started to play the hokey pokey in the middle of the fence. And now you don't see nothing for yourself. Now you're just hopefully just gonna make it through. Just go to church your whole life. Your calling has died. Why? Because the enemy came in and he took your vision. And I believe that coming into this new year, coming into 2021, God wants to get people off of the fence. Make your decision. Make your decision today and ask the Lord for fresh vision. Ask him to rebirth a fresh vision in your life. Even us, Isaiah, as ministers with ministries, we need to ask for a fresh vision. Because what God did yesterday, what got us here isn't going to get us there. Come on, somebody. What God did yesterday, that that was the manna for yesterday. But I want a fresh oil. I want a fresh anointing. Right now, me and my family are are in New York just to separate for a little bit. We got our own little house out here, and we're just going to separate. And I just told God for these next two weeks that I'm out here, Lord, just get a hold of my life. Come on, somebody. I don't want to just come out here and and, and vacation, God. I want to get alone in the presence with you because coming into the new year, God. I know that I need to fight some more giants. I know that I need to slay some more demons. I know that I need to come and break some more generational curses. I'm not satisfied. Man, some of us have gotten so satisfied with just doing just 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 being who we are. Yeah, like God saved me. Praise the Lord. You, you tell the same testimony you've, you've told for the last three years and you find yourself like Saul, Isaiah. Remember Saul later in his life? He was practicing that witchcraft. I don't know the name, but it's where you try to bring dead spirits back. Yeah, come on, necromancy. somebody. See. He was, yeah, he was trying to bring something. Thing that died back and so many oh. of us we've been playing games and you're trying to bring an old message back you're trying to bring the old thing that Go died there. back and god says i don't want to bring that back i want to do a fresh thing i want to do a new thing in your life but it takes us getting hungry maybe you stumbled across this and you said you know what i didn't even plan on 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 being touched tonight but tonight is your night tonight is your night and isaiah i agree with you i just want to hit on this real quick i agree with you there is nothing more sad than seeing great men of God, a man of God that I I watched somebody preach one time and then a year later I watched them preach again and I was like, wow, I do not feel the oil. I don't feel the anointing. Last time I heard this man of God, he he had something on him. And this time when I'm listening, I I, I don't know what's going on. And let me just say that Isaiah, back to the Saul story, there is a sound to compromise. The same way that there's a sound to the anointing, when the anointing is going forth, it calls people and it woos people. Remember when Saul... Uh, said, what's up to Samuel? like, God bless you. And then Samuel's like, hold on, before you start talking, what's all those sheep? What's all those plunder? Yeah. You you yeah. were supposed to kill those things. I came to prophesy to somebody tonight and, and ask you, what's those sheep that are that are speaking up? What's that Delilah in your life that's still making noise? You were supposed to slay those giants long ago and you can still hear the compromise. There is a, a sound to compromise. And we have to go to this place where we say, God, if the word on our life was to destroy Every plan B, come on, somebody, this is what I talked about in the beginning. The quickest way to lose the anointing is you change the word of God like Saul did. If God gave you a word to cut her loose, cut her loose. Don't begin to justify and say, well, I can avenge a Mac and I could save her and I can just I could bring her to the Lord and I can lead her to Christ. If God told you that that you need to shift out of that relationship, then do it now. Do it now. Begin to kill the sheep, kill the plunder and all the things that God told you to kill. So you can walk into 2021 with a fresh anointing, a fresh submission before God. When you say, God, I'm withholding nothing. I'm not holding nothing back from you, God. I'm fully surrendered. I just want to encourage somebody right now. Because the devil would like to discourage you and tell you that you're already too far gone. But if you're watching this, that means that God brought you on this live feed to tell you that you can get back. You can get back on track. You can get back in. In the presence. You can get back in your word and you can begin to get back on track in the things of God and capture that anointing. And let me tell somebody this. Once you get it, hold on to it. Hold on to that oil. Guard that oil. Isaiah, that's what was Samson's problem. Samson's problem was he did not protect the anointing on his life. Mm. He had such a heavy anointing. He was such a powerful man of God. The Bible says that when he was a young man, the spirit of God was already stirring him at a young age. He had a heavy calling from the moment he was born to be set apart to be different. And the one thing he did not do, Isaiah, is he did not guard that anointing. You know what he was doing, Isaiah? He was playing. He was sitting there giving it to Delilah and then taking it back and then saying, here, you can have it again. And then I'm going to take it back. He didn't guard it. He didn't hang on to it. And then what happens? You lose your vision. You lose. You lose the anointing and the enemy comes in and takes it.
0: That's so good Z. And you know, when you think about Samson, another biblical person for all you that are like, it's not in the Bible that lost the presence of God. The saddest part about Samson is he didn't even realize that God had left him in judges 1620. It says, then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. So here's Delilah telling Samson, the Philistines are upon you, which we know she set him up. He awoke from his sleep. The Bible says, and thought the Bible tells us what he was thinking. I'll go out before and shake myself free as I always do but he did not know that the Lord had left him. This is one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible. And this is why this is so important. Some of you listening right now, you don't even know that the presence of God has left you. You don't even realize that the fire that was once there is no longer there. And so here's what happens, Z. We go on business as usual without the presence of god and justify the fact that we don't encounter god anymore saying oh well that's just how i encountered him in the beginning or it's not anymore but how many of us of of us have lost the holy presence and fire of god and didn't even realize it can't really point to a place where the presence of god left us but you just know and you're watching tonight i know some of you said you're you feel like you're shaking or crying it's a real thing but you just know things are different now. The battles, and there's, this is how you know, Z, the battles that were once easy for you are now hard for you. I used wow. to have no problem beating lust when I first got saved. Come on, somebody. I used Come to on. have no problem beating addiction when I first got saved. I used to have no problem beating anger. I used to have no problem beating all these things I'm struggling with now, but now it seems like, Z, everything is a struggle for me. Samson used to easily just jump up, destroy the Philistines, But now he can't because the entire time it was the presence of God making things easier for him. One of the signs that you've lost the presence of God, you've lost the anointing of God, and you didn't know it is that you can't battle the way you used to battle. There's not that fight in you to overcome. You say, man, it was, I hear this all the time. It was so easy for me to stop drinking. It was so easy for me to stop doing drugs. It was so easy for me to stop watching pornography and doing these things. But now Isaiah, it feels like every time I'm tempted, I give in. Every time I do this, I drink. Every time I get around her, I do it. Every time I get on the computer, I watch it. Why? Because I've lost that thing. It was the Holy Ghost that was giving me the power to say no to sin. The Holy Spirit is the convictor, the judger, but also the one that helps you, the helper, that helps you overcome sin without the Holy Spirit it's very hard to continually say no to the things of the enemy because remember the devil comes over and over and over and the Bible says we must resist him and resist him and resist him and without the Holy Spirit we don't have power to resist him. so we get all tied up like F- Samson did all tied up in addiction all tied up in bitterness all tied up in anger all tied up in those old tradition those old religion and God says You were once free before why is it you can't shake free now because god's presence has left you wow you know what's sad we've gone years without it and we don't even realize it until we struggle we don't even realize it until we battle and this is what this tells me z the only time we tap into god's presence is when we need him to rescue us see if samson was tapping into the presence of god outside of god break me out of these ropes that the philistines tied me with He would have known that God's presence wasn't there when he got into prayer and didn't experience the presence of God. But Samson waited until the enemy came tied him up. And then that was the only time he used God. And some of you, the only time you go to God is when you need deliverance. Oh, come on. Holy ghost. The only time you go to God is when you need healing. The only time you go to God, and this is not relationship. This is you thinking God is your butler, that God is your maid, that God's word is a buffet. And God says, I want people that wouldn't just go to me when they need deliverance. Wouldn't just go to me when they need healing. How about this? How are you today? God? How's it going? Thank you for what you're doing in my life. I love you. I care about you. And this is the lost art of the church. Ministering to the Lord instead of ministering for the Lord. Pastors and preachers wouldn't be falling at such a violent rate if they learned how to minister to the Lord instead of ministering for the Lord. Samuel, as a young boy, what did he do? He ministered to the Lord. To the he Lord. said, God, I'm going to serve you. Now, when we go to prayer Z, and I know we're over an hour in, but we 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 just go. When we go into prayer, we're always asking God, God, do this, God, do this. And God says, when are you going to come to prayer and ask me what you can do for me instead of ask me what I can do for you? When are come you going to go and minister before the Lord? When's the last time I'm, I'm, I'm preaching myself? I'm not, I'm not exempt where I got into my prayer closet, didn't ask the Lord to increase, didn't ask the Lord to help me with the live stream, didn't ask the Lord to give me a revelation so I can come preach to you guys. But I said, Lord, today I don't want anything from you. I want to minister to you Lord I want to worship you I want to praise you I want to cry out to you I want to honor you with my lips I want to serve you I'm not coming you're not my butler you're not my maid you're not my insurance policy you're not my genie you are a holy righteous God that came to earth God on the cross died for me so that me and you not could have a religion not could go to church on Sunday but that we could be in relationship with each other. And so, Lord, I want to know what can I do for you? I'm not interested today, Lord, in you doing anything for me because I have everything I need. I want to know what can I do to you? And then watch how your prayer life changes. Watch how your relationship life changes when you stop treating God as if he's some type of slave or butler and start treating him as your father, as your helper, as the God that leads you, guards you, guides you, protects you, directs you, is the light into your path, the lamp into your feet and saying, Lord, I need your presence. But when, you know, we're like Samson. Oh, God, here we go again. I'm in a battle. I'm going to break free. And God says, No, I want you to encounter me every day. Stop treating, and let me give you this one last thing the presence of God casual. Disobedience, wow. as he talked about, Saul was disobedient, is a great way to lose the presence of God. Only going to God during battles, like Samson, is a great way to lose the presence of God. Giving in to compromise is a great way. The way you live, the things you listen to, the things you watch, anger, rage, bitterness, these are all great ways to lose the presence of God. How about this casual with the presence of God? casualness wow. is a major losing of the presence of God if you don't believe me go to first Samuel they were casual with the presence of God and they lost the Ark of God when you grieve, you grieve the Holy Spirit Z when you're casual with the Holy Spirit and one of the main problems with us right now and I'm talking to you 2800 of you watching I'm talking to you I'm not talking to your cousin I'm not talking to your aunt I'm not talking to little Louie down the road I'm talking right to you one of the main reasons and problems in the church is God takes you more serious than you take him and this is our mentality god's not a big deal god's not that serious god's just church on sunday you're not god's plan you're not god's plan b but whatever reason, for whatever reason, you're making God your plan B. So God is just a side thought or an afterthought in our life. But I wanna tell you, the God that we're talking about tonight, that we're encountering tonight is a big deal. The Holy Spirit is a big deal. Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross is a big deal. It's a serious thing. This whole thing of miracles and casting out demons, it's not casual, it's a big deal. So stop, let's just right now, going into 2021, stop treating God as if he's a $6 an hour job and stop being casual about him and what god is doing and start taking him serious 2021 lord i'm going to take you serious because you take me serious make him your priority make him your everything you want god to make you his priority when you make him an option so why would god do that you're just, he's just one of your options He's just your side thing. He's just your fling on the side, your one night stand. And you want God to be all for you. Every time you need him, he's there. But God says, stop putting me on the back burner. I believe tonight is the night. We've given you a bunch of ways to lose the presence of God, lose the anointing. You could read Ananias and Sapphira. You could read Samson. You could read David crying out to God. You can read Saul. Many people in the Bible. You can go into the New Testament, because I know some of you are going to argue, oh, what about the New Testament? And go into Ephesians, go into 1 Thessalonians and read where the Bible talks about grieving the spirit of almighty god romans 1 god turning the people over to their own sins we really need a fresh encounter tonight z we really need to get back to the presence of god in the church
1: yes and let it cost you too let it cost you you know like this 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 coming new season give god a give god a praise and an offering of of your life you know what i mean like we, we we can we can sing it with our lips But in our hearts, are we really letting Christianity, are we really letting the commitment to Christ? cost us, right? Like we talk about the fire. I want the fire. I want the fire, but a fire can only continue if there's more logs to be burned. And so many times I feel like God was looking at us and God's like, I want to give you the fire. I want to continue the fire in your life. You're not giving me any more pieces of wood to burn. You're not surrendering any more time. You're not surrendering any more of your plans. You're not surrendering any more of your schedule. You're not surrendering any more of your family to me. You're not surrendering any more of your marriage to me, you're you're holding it all. So how can I continue a fire? How can I continue to build this fire in your life when I have no logs to work with? So I encourage everybody watching tonight for the anointing to burn in your life. Find a log, and maybe your log, may, maybe your piece of wood doesn't look like my piece of wood. Maybe your piece of wood's it, it, it's it's. You know what? I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop drinking. I'm done. I'm done with drinking. Coming into 2021. Maybe your piece of wood looks. Like, you know what? I'm going to fully surrender and I'm going to get rid of my my pornography addiction. Get that log, throw it into the fire and say, God, you set that ablaze. God, I'm going to give you my worldly music. Maybe somebody's watching this and you've held on to your worldly music. And you're saying, I want the anointing back. Throw that worldly music in the middle of the fire and watch the fire of God begin to consume it. So that way there's an anointing. You know what I'm saying? We need to let it cost us. I just preached last week at our church here in Texas, and I was talking about when they brought the gifts to Jesus and they brought gold, they brought a costly gift to Jesus. I talked about David, how David made sure he paid for the field that, that was supposed to be the altar of the Lord. The guy wanted to give him the field. And and David said, don't give me the field. This is the place where I'm going to worship the Lord. This is the altar that I'm going to give to the Lord. Don't give me the field. Let me pay for the field. Isaiah. So many times, if we get that deal, we're like free 99. Cool. I'm going to, I'm going to get the field for free. If it's free Christianity, Christianity, that sounds amazing. I'm just going to go with it. But David was different. We need to be a generation like that that says, God, let 2021 cost me in my, in my life, in my commitment to you. I want to challenge you guys and say, if it's not costing you, if your Christianity hasn't costed you for the last five years. I challenge you that it's not Christianity at all. This is the same. This is the same Christianity that 11 out of the 12 disciples gave their life for. Come on, somebody got martyred, hung upside down on the cross for. This is the same Christianity that has been paved by so many people that have given their lives, laid down their lives. Don't let the devil trick you and think that you can just get by with going to church once a week. And that's all that God demands. The word of God still says, if any man wants to follow me, he must deny himself, Pick up his cross and follow me. The call is still the same. The cost is still the same. So as we're talking about a fresh anointing, I encourage everybody to count the cost to a fresh anointing coming into the new year. I know for me, I know it's going to cost me more time. I know there's things that I'm going to have to cut out. I know it's going to cost me more of my energy. I know there's some things that I'm going to have to move to the side and make room for God. And make room for him so he can come in and do what he does. I know I know. for me, it's going to have to be not worrying about what people think about me. Some of you guys are on, are watching this Say and it. you know you've been dead inside. You're, you're, you're men and women of God. You've been in ministry for years and you know you've lost the anointing for years. But your pride is so worried about what other people will think if you actually said that. Your pride is so worried about what people will think if you're on here and you're saying, amen, this word's for me you're, you're, you're so worried about what other people think about you. You're, you got the fear of man. I remember Isaiah, I preached a message and I, and I, before I went up, the Lord told me to preach a convicting message. And I went up and it was a super traditional church. And Isaiah, I, I went up and I, I, I just couldn't preach it. I preached the message, but I, I like, tamed it down to like just being super mm-hmm. careful and I remember I got off stage I didn't talk to nobody I went straight to my car and I drove home and I wept before the Lord and I said God I didn't preach the message that you told me to preach I said God I will never do that again and ever since that day Isaiah whatever God has told me to preach I preach it I don't care if people don't like it I don't care if they don't bring me back I don't because what I felt that night after I disobeyed God with and I didn't preach what he wanted me to preach the conviction that I felt I refused I'd rather please God. I'd rather please God and put a smile on his face and never be booked again in whatever church. It doesn't matter. And and make him happy than any person. And some of you guys are on here and you're worried. You're worried about what people are going to think about you. You've lost the anointing. Don't worry about what people are going to think about you. The most important thing is that you get this back. You get back on track with God and you say, God, put me back in your presence. Let me come back to you. Let me return back to my first love. I just encourage somebody tonight to not worry about what the person next to you thinks. Not worry about what your husband, go to your, go to your husband and your wife tonight and say, babe, I've lost it. I've lost it, and you've seen it. You know you've seen it, and I see it, and and I need to get back to, to God, and, and that's okay. I believe that that's what God wants to release through this feed. That's so
0: good, Z. And even when you said with, you know, we'll end on Saul when he walked away. He said, even though he lost the anointing, the presence of God, he said, Samuel, would you walk out with me in front of the people? Because he still was worried about what were people gonna think about me? And then one of the things Saul did that we do all the time is he blamed the people. After the at all, Samuel said, no, Saul, you did this. You didn't kill what God said to kill. You, didn't, you weren't obedient. You sacrificed, but you weren't obedient. Saul says it was the people's fault. And this is what compromise will do. It'll keep you blaming other people. When you don't do what God called you to do and anointed you to do, you start trying to find somebody else to blame. Blame for your own disobedience. So you're not doing what God's anointed you to do. So what do you do? It's my pastor's fault. It's my friend's fault. It's the church's fault. It's the person's fault. It wasn't me, it was them. No, Saul it's you you're the reason why you haven't done what god has called you to do saul you can spend your entire life i'm talking to someone tonight looking for someone to blame or you can realize i'm preaching to myself you are the problem i've realized this so many times even this year why isn't this growing lord why isn't this happening god why am i not doing this why is this not happening in my ministry and you know what i found It was never God that was the problem, it was always me. If you're having an issue between you and God, I'm gonna give you help right here. It's always you, you're always the issue, you're always the problem. That is why the Bible says, doesn't say crucify the devil, it says crucify yourself because you are the problem. And unless you realize that, you're gonna spend your entire life trying to find someone to put the blame on. And there's always gonna be someone you can find, but until you realize it's the man in the mirror, you'll live your life in excuses tonight, let's just lay down all the excuses let's stop trying to blame other people for why we haven't sacrificed for why we're grieving him for why we're quenching him for why we're angry why we're bitter why we cut people down why we talk crude why we watch crude things why we listen to crude music instead of trying to find somebody that caused you to be the way that you are tonight let us go to God and say Lord I'm the issue help me in my unbelief help me when I'm weak and that's all God is looking for tonight God is simply looking for somebody that would acknowledge I'm the one, I'm the problem. It's not my husband, it's not my wife, it's not my pastor. It's not because my church is closed. Okay, you've been on here are my videos five times a week. It's not because I'm not getting good preaching or getting taught. It's because of my anger, my bitterness, my arguing, my flesh, my desires that are fighting against God and I need to put my flesh tonight under subjection, into alignment with the things of God. Tonight is your night um I want to praise Z and then you can pray over the people because we're going to ask the Holy Spirit tonight search us Lord I wish I wish there was some logical rational formula prayer I could pray some magical thing where I could command the anointing to come on you and everyone goes full of the Holy Ghost the reality is you need to wrestle God on your own on. you need to go to God on your own you don't need to go through Isaiah or Z or a priest but you need to go to God and say search my heart tonight God this is a night of searching the heart and saying Lord what is it in me That has caused me to drift and the bible says when you find that out you repent you return and you go back to that first love repent say lord change my mind return to those first works and go back to what god has originally called you to do and there wherever it was is where you're going to find the lord because lord has not you know changed you've changed You've drifted away from the Lord. So, Lord, we ask you tonight by your power, by your spirit, by your anointing, that you would just release your power over every single viewer. God, we're asking, Isaiah Saldivar included, that you would search our hearts, oh God, and find anything in us that offends you. Find anything in us that is not in alignment with your word, that is not in alignment with your calling for our life. And, God, remove the compromise out of our life just because we think it's okay does not make it okay lord we are asking tonight that you would bring breakthrough that you would bring deliverance that you'd release your power tonight that you'd release your fire tonight that we would go into 2021 on fire for the things of God with your power and with your presence. I I, I just, Lord, I feel like Moses. I refuse to go on without your presence. I refuse to go on. I don't want an angel. I don't want a manifestation. I want your presence. I want your holiness and I want your fire. And Lord, we're asking tonight, we're asking for your fire. We're asking for your power. Your word says that obedience is better than sacrifice. So help us to not try to sacrifice our way out of disobedience, but help us to be obedient to your calling, to your word, and to your anointing. Lord, we ask tonight, search us deep, God search our homes, search our minds, search our will, search our emotions, search our soul. God, do what you have to do. We're asking you to bring the holy fear of the Lord. Let us walk in holiness and consecration in your will. I don't want to be a fake Christian, Lord. I don't ever want to be a fake Christian. Lord, search me out so that I never walk in religion or tradition or fake Christianity. And Lord, just
1: do what only you can do tonight in Jesus name. Father God, we just pray, God, I pray for every single person that is watching this and longing for a fresh anointing that is watching this and longing for your presence to be back in their life, God. I pray every single person that's watching this and they're crying out to you, God. They're saying, I don't know how to get it back. I don't know how to get back to you. I pray, God, that by the power of your love, by the power of your grace, God, you would just begin to show them the way, God. You would begin to show them the path, God. You would begin, God, to reach out your hand and draw them closer to you, God. You would begin to go, God, and be the answer, God. You would speak to their hearts tonight, Lord, I pray every single person, God, that has a question that's calling out to you tonight, that they would be answered, God, that your spirit, God, that your power would touch them right there where they're at, God, that your anointing would touch them right there where they're at, God. Your anointing would touch their marriages, God. Your anointing would touch their household. Your anointing would touch their children, God. Your anointing, God, would touch their lives right now in Jesus' mighty name, God. We just rebuke and bind the enemy off of the minds of your people, God. The lies that that are trying to come in and tell your people, God, that they're already too far from you. I rebuke and bind that lie in Jesus' mighty name. I rebuke and bind the lie that's telling people they've strayed far away. They've strayed too far away, God. I pray, God, that you would just begin to come in like a flood, God. Come in like a rushing wind, God, and begin, God, to pour out your spirit, God, on all flesh. Pour out your spirit on your sons and daughters, God. I just pray in Jesus' mighty name, God, that if they're calling out to you right now with with open hearts, God, that you would come. You would come, God, and do the work that only you can do. Do the work that only your Holy Spirit can do. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray against all shame. If there's any shame that anybody's watching this, you're listening, you feel shame, I just rebuke shame off of your mind. I rebuke shame. I rebuke doubt. And I just pray, Lord, that they would be able to move forward into this new season. They would be able to move forward into this new anointing in you and with you, God, loving you, in love with you like never before, God. We love you. We give you all the glory in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. I believe tonight God is going to restore, God is going to renew, and God is going to release a fresh power and anointing on you. Z, thank you so much. I know we've been live for an hour and 35 minutes. We usually go about an hour, but it's all good. Tonight has been powerful. It flew by. If it felt like five minutes, type one in the chat because I honestly felt like we've been live for five minutes here. But let us know, Z, where else can they find you? Give us an update on your music and where they could search you on iTunes and all, all the stuff they can find, all the places they can find you.